Number 8, June 26, 2008. Brought to you live from Bikini Atoll. I think the name's a jip. While we've been here, I haven't seen a single bikini at all. Ha 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 ha. That was awful. <laughs> awful clever. <laughs> no, actually, it was just awful. But yes, there was, there was no bikinis here, except for the one that I'm wearing right now. Wow, there's an image. So <laughs> it's been forever. It's been over a month since we've recorded. It has been. And it's all my fault. Why is it all your fault, besides so, the obvious that everything's all your fault? Right. Besides the general case, uh, I have moved from Atlanta to San Diego, which is a little ways, 2,300 miles. Moving on so we are now recording this from opposite corners of the country. I'm practically in Mexico, and you're practically in Canada. That's right. And... I, I want to say something like kind of smart ass about that, but I just can't really think of anything. It's like, it, we're, it's, or how about this? North America sandwich, where the meat. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good. Uh, oh, and anyway, so tell us a little bit about this move. Why did you move out there? Was it to chase your dream of becoming a world-famous movie director? Close. It was to chase a dream. Um, I'm now working for MetaPlace, which is a company trying to put together a platform to let everyone bring uh, virtual worlds uh, mm. out onto the web and the internet. Is that because the real worlds are so old and stale and virtual is the new real? That is exactly why. No, it's because there's there's a lot of upside. Uh, a lot of people are moving into virtual world type spaces, but uh, with some of the offerings that are out there now, they're either games or they're what you can kind of call walled gardens, right? You can do cool stuff within them, but you need to download a client, and it's really heavy on the end user. So it's not it's not something you can just put out there and share. And I mean, this is targeted more at the very prevalent, you know, everybody who wants to can have a MySpace page, everybody who wants to can have a Facebook page, and the thought is everybody who wants to can have their own little virtual space. Really? So can you, like, so if I wanted to have my own virtual space, could I, like, design it to be however I wanted it to be? You could, and uh, what we're trying to do is provide the building blocks for that, and that's about all I can say. Really? Will it be filled with all of those pornographic spore creatures that everyone's creating? I think it's going to be impossible to avoid. <laughs> you, you know, it's funny. I made one of the pornographic spore creatures, and it got triple traffic on my blog from any normal day. <laughs> the term is spawn, by the way. Spawn. Yes, I, I have to say that I kind of... After you, you sent me a link to it, and afterwards I, I went on to uh, YouTube and was looking at some videos of people's spawn and I was like, kind of like sad for the fate of humanity. <laughs> after it, within hours of the creature creator coming out, there was spawn everywhere. It's, it, it's, it's kind of telling, uh, but there's great stuff out there too. I just, this morning someone sent me a link to uh, a Viking warship that someone made in, in spore. So uh, I think it'll be fun. I'm curious to see if the actual game lives up to the hype that the critter creator generated. Yeah, so in the game, will you be able to create critters in the the actual Spore game? Is Spore, it's kind of like The Sims, except for with like living things, right? 
Um, sort of. It's divided into a bunch of phases, right? So you start with a little single-celled bacterium spore and evolve it up until it's a spacefaring civilization, at which point you take off and try to conquer the galaxy. See, that kind of reminds me of this game I played once called Lin City, which was like kind of a SimCity, not not really a clone, but just like kind of inspired by SimCity. But it was for Linux, hence Lin City. But the whole point is you start out, and, you, and I guess like other games are like this, but at the very end, you know, you, you start out with like you have little villages and whatever, and you keep getting moved up and up and up. But the whole point is to like get it so that you ha- your civilization can build rocket ships and you can vacate the entire city on rocket ships and go to the stars. So similar type thing. I'm probably so way behind. I'm sure like that is like a very like formula game, isn't it? It's yeah, the empire building type game, and uh, it's just a different take on it. One thing that'll be kind of fun is you can download other people's critters, and so those will be the you know, opposition that you face in your game. Really, uh, something kind of that you can. You don't play against other people per se, but you do interact with other people's games by putting these critters out there to be used. Interesting. It's going to be very interesting when we see Sporn Wars. Spornography. Yeah, well, they're going to have Spore for the uh, iPhone, too. That's... Yes, I think that will be limited to the creature creator from what I've read, but I could be wrong. I don't and know. I should have I researched that before trying to answer it. Yes, you should have. Now, now we can't really take anything you say seriously for the rest of this recording. So, to all no of our listen, that's right. For all, to all of our listeners, everything Pat says from here on out is either unreliable or a lie. And to all of our listeners, Craig is an intelligent, good-looking guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I walked into that one. <laughs> uh, so, hi everyone. I'm Patrick, and I'm Craig. We're your co-hosts. We'll be your hosts for this episode, like every other episode. So I know this is really a shock. It is. Someday we'll have we'll have uh, maybe a, a special guest go co-host. Oh, if we had a co-ghost, a co-ghost. Oh, that that'd be spooky. It would be. Wow, well, things to consider. We could create a co-host on the Spore Creature Creator, <laughs> and I'm sure we'd get twice as many listeners. That's true. Because it would be a, we'll we'll call we'll call it Mister Jugs. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I believe you spent some time uh, down in Florida at TechEd. I did. I did. It was really fun too. Uh, TechEd. All right. For anyone who doesn't know, this TechEd is the Microsoft Developers Conference. It's like the biggest Microsoft Developers Conference that there is. And this year, actually they, uh, split it up into two different conferences, Microsoft tech ed developers and Microsoft tech ed it professionals or something like that. And, uh, I went to developers because I am in fact a developer on the Microsoft platform. And who was, was the developer section targeted to? Was it targeted to beginning developers, uh, experienced developers, architects? Uh... There was a little bit for everybody. I would say you probably wouldn't want to go to this if you've been programming for like six months, just because I think that you wouldn't know what was going on. But it was very cool. So let me tell you, I have to say, Microsoft, for as much as anybody 
can complain about them because they're evil or blah blah whatever. They throw one hell of a conference. They so let's just say it was in Orlando at the uh, Orange County Conference Center, which is as a building two million square feet, and it's gigantic. And there were fifty five hundred people there, or. 6,500 people, under 7,000. And there are routinely conventions of thirty or 40,000 people in that building. So Microsoft had to have taken a loss in this because it was, I think, $1,500 or $1,000 or something like that to go. And there is no way that they recouped that. Microsoft had to have taken a loss at that. Actually, I talked to someone from Microsoft, and she was kind of in charge of one part of the conference. And she said that, Microsoft just loses a ton of money on the conference itself, but they make it up in the business they get and that sort of thing. But it, it was gigantic. It was this enormous building that, you know, the inside of it must it could have easily held probably three football fields. Wow, that's enormous. Yeah, and, and so an interesting byproduct of it is that. It seemed a little sparse at times, but, you know, just because there was, like, entire corners of this giant room where there was nothing. But that's just it. But, so anyway, it was it was huge. It, it, it was actually very environmentally friendly, too, because they uh, they touted the fact that they did stuff like, they had, uh, I'm looking at the little book, book that I have here, because I think it's pretty funny that they kind of got caught up in the whole environmentally thing. They, uh, you know, they gave... With all the little tchotchkes they give you, they give you a, bo- a bottle for water, and they had water coolers everywhere rather than giving bottled water. And they had, uh, uh, you know, other stuff like that, like the monitors they used, TVs they used were all like low energy, that sort of thing, and, which, which was kind of interesting. But I have to say, it's very funny because there was a giant uh, type cast. I felt very typecasted as a developer because every. Everywhere that you look, there were these coolers. You could just go get coolers. They were all filled with Mountain Dew and Pepsi. <laughs> and, and that was it, Mountain Dew and Pepsi. And uh, in the afternoons when they had snack time, they had uh, they did have fresh-baked cookies, those Otis Spunkmeyer cookies, which are actually pretty good. But they had a giant table full of Rice Krispie Treats and uh, I don't even remember, just a lot of like developer stuff. And then they'd have... like a bunch of bananas, like literally a bunch. And, you know, it would like go untouched. So people were like, like chowing down on all like this junk food. And uh, so you were really hoping for carrot sticks, fresh fruit and seltzer water. (laughs) Well, well, you know, I'm I'm not really into the sweets much these days. So I I actually, I I thought it was great. You know, I ate some cookies and stuff, but, but I I don't drink soda. And uh, that was just, it was so much soda everywhere. You couldn't go. And they had lots of, so they had a thing with the uh, the vendors, uh, like a reception, where you go to all the vendor things and they give you junk. So I got you know six or seven T-shirts, and I got this. Uh, they called it a screaming code monkey, but in fact it was just a screaming monkey that they called a code monkey. Oh, which... is it those those little monkeys with like rubber arms that you can yes. fling? <laughs> we, have, we have one of those in the office, and it's incredibly annoying. I know. I brought I brought it back to the office uh, to to 
give to, you know to give i actually i brought a bunch of stuff back i kept most of the t-shirts for myself but i brought some stuff back and i had a little raffle at the office for people and someone won the monkey and now you'll be like sitting at your cubicle whatever and all of a sudden this monkey will hit you in the side of the head and you're or whatever you know and it <laughs> screeches loud and it makes you jump out of your skin and then you know hilarity ensues so we, we don't get as much hilarity in our office it means you you mess something up and you have to fix it now Oh, in, in our office, it just means that someone was bored. <laughs> so, so uh, typically something like this, what, you divide it into tracks or sections? Or yeah, how, how is it organized? Yeah, there were 16 technical tracks you could do. Uh, so, the, all right, this, the, the basic format is that there was, like, seminars all day long. They'd have breakfast in the morning, and they had seminars all day long, and then they would have some sort of, like, event at night. Uh, so... The they had like breakout sessions, which are basically these classroom type things or lectures in a lecture hall. Which is I spent most of my time at those, and they were really good. Actually, most most of them are really good. There was a couple of boring ones, but uh, so but they were had, lecture style. Like they came with prepared notes, read them to you, and took questions. Yeah, but it it wasn't quite like it was. They're really good speakers. You know, a lot of times it was. You know, if you're gonna if for instance there was one uh like an ASP.NET Ajax, uh, you know, a thing about ASP.NET Ajax. And it was someone from the ASP.NET Ajax team who was actually doing the the speaking. So, it, like, they were authoritative people. You know, people that you've, if you've used any of these books from, I don't remember what the publishing company is, you know, they make the orange books, uh, Sam's. Uh, there were a lot of, like, authors from there. Uh, what was the, there's some of these, I, I can't remember, you know, the big, the big publishing companies where they write those technical books that everyone uses, a lot Those of authors. Rocks represented? Uh, I think so. Uh, you know, people, I'm sure they were. Uh, uh, yeah, all of those. But there were just tons of really awesome uh, people around for who did these speeches. And so there were those. And they had what they called uh, interactive theater. I went to a couple of those, but I thought, first of all, they didn't have enough seating, so I always ended up having to stand. And uh, they... It was more of a, a dialogue. You'd get someone like we had one where it was uh, who was it? I think it was the ASP.NET product manager who was there answering people's questions, which was pretty cool, you know. And he was like an executive, and he was just there like asking questions or you know answering questions and asking people what they thought. And you know, people would say, "Well, I think it should do this," and be like, "Oh, that's a really good idea. We never thought of that before." So, which is pretty awesome you know so then they had like labs these that they called instructor led labs which i didn't do any of those because i don't know it, it, that just didn't appeal to me as much and uh you know so th that was the three formats they had and uh it's let me tell you i went to another conference a long time ago it was a conference on secondary ion mass spectrometry this was more Sounds fascinating. Yeah, this was more interesting, and this there was it was just so rich with stuff. You know, um, a, a very cool thing was that uh, you know you go to something like this and it's like oh you know what am I going to do? I want to check my email or whatever. They had 750 computers around with internet access. You just walk up to one and log on to the internet, and there was unrestricted access. So I, I was able to check my work mail. You know my email from work, uh, and look porn. Uh, no, I you know you probably could, but I think it would have been kind of embarrassing because there was just so many people around. Although you know, I guess 
it's rude to look at what other people are doing on their monitors. So, so I for all you know that fella next to you. Yeah, could have been looking at porn. So it, it was very cool. There was just so much stuff there. Uh, in terms, of, they also had a uh, what do you call it? A gift shop, which was uh, like very large. And I have to tell you the funniest thing that I bought. I haven't actually told you about this yet. And uh, I, I wish I could. I wish you could see it. I'll I'll turn on my camera after this. It, it was a Vista District Distressed Blue Cap, which it's a hat with a Microsoft Vista, Windows Vista logo on it. Which it looks pretty cool. I bought it, but the reason, but I wouldn't buy it for, just for that. It actually it's called Distressed, meaning the hat is like all torn up, like on purpose. So I just thought the irony in that. You know, everyone complains about how you know, awful Vista is or whatever. And this is like this hat that they have Windows Vista on and the hat is like, you know, ripped to shreds, basically. Excellent. We'll have to put a picture of that up. Yeah. (laughs) Apparently, I'm the only one who... I've told other people about that too and they gave me the exact same reaction that you gave me. I saw it and I would like... I I was like in stitches when I saw that. Maybe you have to see it. You you do. Yeah, you you have to see it. It, It's all like kind of tattered. You know, it's this like... It's, it's like I had worn it for like four years and it started to kind of get tattered. And so, except for I bought it like it and it says Windows Vista on it. Fortunately, last time I checked, uh, they have these cameras that can put pictures on the interweb. Uh, uh, tubes! It's all a series of tubes! The tubes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, but I have to tell you. The... So the event was two days long, three days long? A week uh, long? Yeah, a week. Uh, it was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And I, I was I got there on Monday night and left. I, I actually missed the last two sessions on Friday to get home, and I was on the plane for like eight hours, or I was in in the airport system for eight hours, which was kind of annoying. But no, but I have to tell you, the probably the most noteworthy part of this that the layperson would find interesting is that. Uh, I was I got to witness Bill Gates's last public speech as chairman of Microsoft. That's right because he has resigned uh just this week. He, yeah, it, it was very interesting. It was actually really good. Uh he's not a real imposing personality, I have to say. I was kind of all wound up. I'm like, "Oh my god, I get to see Bill Gates speak. He's going to be awesome, you know. It's you know, he's a famous person." And uh whatever. So I was there all kind of ready to go. And he's just not you know he's interesting you know whatever but he's not he doesn't like fill the room if you know what i mean right he's kind of meek sounding he's like hi i'm bill gates you know the richest man in the united states it's like okay you know say something (laughs) say something to scare me please you know did he introduce himself that way no no he didn't that would have been funny if he did though Actually, it wouldn't have been that funny. It would have been, uh, well, I don't know. It, I think people would have just thought he was arrogant if he did that. But it, it was cool. He had a lot of kind of guest speakers, and he did a, uh, they did a a video, a fear, or a hypothetical Bill Gates' last day on the job, which I think is today or tomorrow uh, or next week or something. It, it's very soon. But so he, uh, it was, you know, it pretty much showed him getting up in the morning and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it was full of celebrities, which is kind of interesting. You know, uh, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama were both in his little movie. 
uh, and they filmed footage for that. Uh, was it Matthew McConaughey? McConaughey, whatever. I think he was in it. Uh, oh, uh, Dan Rather, or was it Brian Williams? I don't know. Some news guy. I, I, I'm not doing a very good job. I'm sure. I'm sure you can like find it online. It's, but an interesting thing is they had the the Balmer bot, which was they had a guy come out and talk about Microsoft robotics, uh, their the robotic strategy, and they had this Steve Balmer robot. And you know how he did? There was one where he put his arms up in the air and he was yelling, "Developers! Developers! Developers!" For I guess indicating that developers are the future of Microsoft. Well, this little robot came out, and you know, every thirty seconds or so, it would put its little robotic arms up and yell, "Developers! Developers! Developers!" It was pretty funny, but uh, they uh, had some interesting people talking about the future of technology and kind of how Microsoft is pushing it towards. And as you can probably guess, their strategy focuses around things like you know, service-oriented architecture, cloud computing, this kind of disconnected sort of network is the application type thing, you know? Right. So is this more... It, it sounds like you, you may have gotten more uh, strategy out of this than you did, you know, tactical, here's how to solve problem in XYZ. Yeah, see, I went down there thinking, oh, I'm going to learn how to do this, how to do that. And they had labs and stuff set up for that if you had the time to go through them. But, see, some of it was uh, it, it was a lot of things like they would have like a seminar on, it was actually called Why Software Sucks. And it was a guy who wrote a book where, book by the same name. And he talked about common mistakes that software developers have when creating software uh they had one on how to be an architect and i think it was the top 10 mistakes not mistakes uh, the top 10 ways to be a good architect and uh there there were things like that i'm trying to think of what else they might have had there there was a lot of that stuff in terms of uh an interesting thing is, I would say probably the one where I saw the biggest rise out of the audience was, it was called, uh, I think it was Visual Studio Tips and Tricks. There's this woman who writes a blog, and and that and it's a really good blog, actually. It's Sarah Ford is her name, and she writes a, a Visual Studio, just a development environment, tip every day. something, And it always starts with, did you know that... And it's just these little things that are built into Visual Studio that you didn't know that you could do. And she said, she would say, oh, did you know that sometimes when you co you know, you know, copy some text in Visual Studio and then you move it, then you go up to another line and you want to hit Control-V to, to paste the uh, text in. But sometimes you hit Control-C accidentally and then you lost what you've copied right well she showed how in the settings way down deep in this configuration editor how you can turn off like blank copies and she showed a few things like that and there was cheering and standing ovations for all these tips it was amazing where all, like little tiny things that are just totally annoying that you just really kind of live with and don't really think about she said this is how you solve that problem 
And she gives a tip like this every day, except for the past week. It's always been like how to save your settings, which I guess is fine. But I am kind of tired about hearing about how you can save your settings. So <laughs> you'd think you would know that by now. Yeah. Well, but it's more, but it's really complicated because there's like four, I, I won't get into it, but it's interesting. I, I just made a, a gesture like, ah, we won't do that. So, so it, it was kind of interesting. Um, some, uh, one of the things I noticed, it, it was also a very fascinating study in, I would say not human psychology, but just kind of the way it is, uh, just kind of the way that developers are, you know, it was basically just cons- imagine a giant building full of Asperger's patients. <laughs> and that's like pretty much what the entire thing was like. You had some people who were like super functional and outgoing. Then you had like the vast majority, which were who, you, what you thought developers would be like. It was just, it, it was very amusing because uh, you go the, they had these giant rooms full of, you know, for the breakout sessions for the speakers. And they probably had four or 500 chairs or, you know, or three or 400 chairs for you to sit in. But because of the way people are, everyone was sitting, you know, someone would sit, then two empty seats, another person would sit, but the, all the empty seats were like in the middle. So everybody was like standing up around the outside. Cause you know, it was kind of, you know, people weren't like moving in and sitting close together to let other people have a seat, which I just thought was kind of an interesting dynamic. Right. So maybe it wasn't that interesting, but it was, you know, I don't know. It's a dynamic, I guess. So what were the big things that you took away? Would you say? Um, I got a free backpack. That was pretty big. Well, that's awesome. But I'm sure that's not what you meant. You know, what did I take away? It was one of those things at the time. I didn't quite get it. I've never really been to something like this before. And I, I didn't quite know what to expect. And I probably spent the first three days, like, being overwhelmed. It just I, I'm not used to kind of being, like, in a crowd that big. I'm not used to having that much stuff thrown at me at one time. What, I would say probably what I most came out with... Do you want to hear... Do you, so I go, I go to the most technical Microsoft conference in the in the world... And what did I come back with? That I need to learn how to network better. And I don't mean computer network. I need to learn how to do better at kind of making connections with other people in my industry. Because I I realize that that is something that I lack. And that will help me to be more successful in my career. And I also learned that reflection is awful cool. (laughs) Yeah, that was, I would say, my favorite seminar I went to was one on, it was called Hardcore Reflection. And uh, it, it was awesome because it was very technical, but, you know, I, I was able to follow it and it was just totally awesome. Some of the other ones that were, weren't were as technical as I would have hoped, uh, but. So for those of our listeners who uh, aren't career programmers, reflection is the the concept of examining your program uh, when it runs so you can learn what capabilities it has. And what what it can do, uh, and in .NET you can even extend that and create bits of your program as it runs based on what you find that it can do. Would right, that be a good summary. That's a great summary, and and also one of the things you can do is you you can dynamically call methods of your classes, for instance, or properties or whatever from of your classes without 
calling it just by writing the method name, you know, you would have the text name. So you could basically have the name of your method stored in a database somewhere and you could change the name of the method. But this guy did an this pretty cool benchmarking thing. He actually did code sample and a lot of people had code samples. It was very cool. They they had something with uh, a big server that everyone's virtual machines ran on with 400 gigs of RAM, which I thought that was awesome. That's awesome. That's very awesome. <laughs> yeah. But uh it, it had to do with uh, he did three benchmarks. One where he ran a piece of code just like you normally run it, where you just call the method, and then he did like some sort of timing thing. Then he did another one where he used straight reflection and called the method like ten thousand times that way. Then he did another thing he called dynamic invocation, where it was something like you don't just call it, but you kind of dynamically get it. And then you call that dynamically getting it, and it and turned that's out stuff like uh, reflection dot emit. Yeah, it, it was something like that, and I I can't remember exactly what it was because it was like three weeks ago. But inter- interestingly enough, it, he, and he showed like this benchmarking. He did the benchmark right in front of us, and this dynamic kind of roundabout way of using reflection to call this method was like a hundred times faster or something like that a hundred times faster than just re- calling it regularly, which you wouldn't think so. Cause it's, you'd think just having it kind of statically in the code would be there, but it, it was just, it was, it was so cool. It was like very eye opening, and it really made me realize what I don't know. You know, there is and so much. A, that, that's a technology, a technology that's very powerful for stuff like uh, creating plugin libraries and having a plugin architecture for a program so that, Right. Without re- rebuilding the entire program, you can add more features to it over time. Yeah, exactly, and that's that's exactly right. Uh, and you you can do that, and it's also good for building like debuggers because you can t- you can inspect the classes and objects and stuff that you have in uh, in memory. Uh, in- interestingly enough, so oh yeah, and so there was a couple other ones that I think you might be find these more interesting, and I think. They they were kind of my boss would kill me if he knew that I had gone to them. One was and uh, fortunately your boss doesn't listen to our podcast, right? That's a pretty safe bet. Uh, actually, <laughs> actually there was three that he wouldn't. Have, they had this thing called they call them birds of a feather session, which is basically like a little rap session. Y'all get together and talk about a topic, and you know it's just they have like a facilitator, but people just kind of chime in. Except for with anything, you end up with there's like three people who cannot hear enough of their own voice, so. You kind of know how that goes, uh, but so it, but one I went to one of those birds of a feather sessions and it was called going out on your own. So it was basically tips and tricks on how to to leave your job and go to uh, go out and be a you know go so going solo. I think is what it was called. You know, go out and be an independent consultant or something like that, which I just thought was kind of interesting because, you know, my company paid for me to go and then I was going to that. But I have no intention of going solo. I just thought that was ironic. Not really. But the two cool ones that were pretty fun, one was World of Warcraft programming, and they actually did a, a, a lunchtime session on how to build plugins or extensions or what do you call it in World of Warcraft, the little widgets. Add-ons. Add-ons. How to build World of Warcraft add-ons, which I thought was kind of interesting. And, and for that, they did a bunch of things, right? They had uh, 
layout stuff, but they also added uh, Lua as a language that Visual Studio could interpret. Right. I was just going to say that they had your favorite language there, Lua. They they ta- they showed some Lua code, and they built a little thing where I can't even remember what it did, because it, I, I don't know World of Warcraft. So it, it, it's like when you were aiming at something, it it gave some sort of information. Or it, it was something, kind of, but it was like really, he built it just in a snap. I mean, I'm sure he had kind of rehearsed it, but it was very cool. Uh, and then there was the other one, which is XNA Game Studio, which I know you're familiar with and I'm getting familiar with. And that was awesome. It was the basically the uh, architect for XNA Game Studio, which I think X, which is Microsoft's principal gaming platform. You can build games for the PC or the Xbox 360, and it's still kind of, and I think in kind of a, it's kind of amateurish. But I don't know. Do they use? Do they use it? Actually, let me let me cut in for a bit because I've been working with XNA Game Studio over the last couple of weeks. Cool. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, so XNA is a library platform for building games. Works for both two dimensional and three dimensional games. Um, it takes a lot of the heavy lifting that you have to do if you're going to write a game directly, um, and does that for you. And that's in terms of it has what's called a content pipeline. Um, that makes it very easy to import all sorts of different uh, graphics formats, sound formats, um, and package those up so that your game can access those. Um, right. It does a lot of the stuff that is usually very tedious, like interacting with DirectX, um, and it handles a lot of the, the simple stuff for you that if you write 200 games, you're going to write the way you initialize your graphics card more or less the same way 200 times. Right. Um, and They've pre-built a lot of that. Then, as you said, they've made the framework. It's based on C-sharp and the .NET Compact framework. And it runs on both the PC platform and the Xbox 360 platform. Um, In fact, it's very cool that you can write a game for Xbox 360, uh, upload it to your Xbox, and start debugging it on your PC on your Xbox. Right. But to do that, you have to have a XNA... Creators Club membership. That is true. And one thing I'd like to alert any of our listeners who are interested in trying this out to, um, XNA Game Studio is free. You can download Visual Studio Express and XNA Game Studio. Uh, 2.0 is probably is the current uh, newest release version. There is a 3.0 preview out. Um, and right now, uh, via the Dream Build Play Challenge 2008, which is at www.dreambuildplay.com, um, if you sign up for the competition, you can actually get a free 12-month Creators Club trial membership. Ooh. And so this is enough to let you upload a game to an Xbox 360. Um, typically, you need to subscribe. It's, it's I believe, $100 a year. Uh, yeah. I think, I think, yeah, um, I think that's that. That gets you access to premium content. Like They release some advanced starter kits that you can get that way. And it lets you upload your games to be peer-evaluated and possibly uh, circulated for other people to download. Yeah, they um, actually the- showed that at the, the thing. This guy, he created a game and uploaded it for peer review. And, oh, excellent. And I think um, he downloaded it. And, yeah, and he downloaded it to his Xbox 360 that he had right there too, which was really cool. He demonstrated the, the whole thing. trial membership does not let you do that. Um, all it gives you is the ability to upload to your own Xbox. Um, that's still pretty cool. Uh, for free, yeah. again, one more time, you go to dreambuildplay.com. Uh, just sign up for their contest, and you'll get a 12-month trial code for free. Cool. Yeah, it, it's it's very cool. All right, so 
Here's a trivia question. By the question. way, we have no affiliation with Dream Build Play. I just stumbled across that about three days ago and thought it was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Well, they had – I'm not sure if it was Dream Build Play, but they showed some videos of uh, some games that people had made with XNA in a competition. And uh, some of them were fantastic. The one that won was just – it actually – they're re- going to be releasing it for the Xbox Marketplace or whatever uh, in a sometime this fall, I think. You, they'll, you'll be able to get it. So I'm not sure if that was the Dream Build Play one, but – it's there's some impressive things out there that you can that you can do. Uh, all right, so here's a trivia question: What does XNA stand for? Um, XNA is not an acronym. Oh, yeah, you're you're on top of it. Yeah, it does. <laughs> which, which actually means it is an acronym. So I'm totally confused. I'm confused too. And so, so that was pretty cool. One of the other things that is cool about this conference is the the different people that you meet. And I, I actually met quite a few people. Uh, as I said, I didn't do very good networking, but I, I did. I was able to kind of talk with some very interesting people. There was one guy from, he had come across from the Netherlands and blah, blah, blah. But probably the most interesting person I met was just at breakfast one day. I just sat down at this random table with people that, you know, I didn't know. And this guy, his name is Craig Shoemaker, uh, we just kind of started chatting, and come to find out, he's a podcaster. So we talked about podcasting, which is really cool. And he does a couple of podcasts. Uh, one's called the Polymorphic Podcast, and the other one is called Pixel Eight, P-I-X-E-L Eight. And he works for Infragistics, and he actually got hired by them to do podcasting. So he does. Now, that's interesting because In- Infragistics is a company that produces. Uh widgets and tools for .NET developers, correct? Exactly, and the podcast he does is .NET-centric. So it's kind of a way for Infragistics to promote themselves, but also it's really good. He get he gets really uh, really good interview interviewees. He interviews very interesting people and get, does some great work. I've listened to a few of his podcasts, and they're quite good. Uh I highly recommend them. So it, it, I just thought it was very cool. So, uh, you know, another, a fellow podcaster. He said he was going to listen to Tweaking Geek. I, I don't know if he ever has, but you know, it's pretty. He was cool. just humoring us. <laughs> that, that, that's true. That, that's quite true. You know. But anyway, so that so I, I'm sure that all of our listeners are probably kind of tired of hearing me blabber about tech ed. But I just have to say it was a very good experience, I guess. And I, I hope to go again, but you know, you, you never know how those things work. It, it, it ended up, you know, costing the company like 3000 bucks. So overall with the hotel and my crack. So I don't know how, if I'll get to go again next year, but I think your crack budget will get limited next year. Yeah. Well, you know, with oil prices and crack prices going up, it's hard to hard to fill up the tank, so to speak. Right. But so anyway, I highly recommend it. <laughs> so, um, overall, uh, it sounds like it was a good experience. Yeah, yeah, I I enjoyed it, and it, it was fun. The food was good, and they, they had they actually they had some interesting these kind of extracurricular activities. Like they had a 
a night at Universal Studios, which I actually didn't go to because I have an uncle in Orlando, so I went to visit him that night. So that was I probably missed out there. Then they had like a some other stuff, and some of the vendors had like these parties that apparently I need to like figure out how to get on the invite list because they would have these parties where you have to have like the rubber du- the tech ed rubber duck or uh, I can't remember some of the other ones, but to get into like these exclusive parties and you know they give you free beer and you know kind of wine you and dine you so n- next time i go i'm gonna like i'm gonna kind of keep my ear to the ground a little bit better for that sort of thing and there was a hooters right on the street that i was in but i didn't go to it because i figured that would be gauche <laughs> yeah and the food's not all that good yeah well you know you don't really go for the food <laughs> Or the beer, either, because they don't have very good beer there. But that's a, a discussion for another day. Excellent. Yeah, so, anyway, so what's new with you? <laughs> <laughs> so this, uh, you know what? The weather in San Diego, that's what's new with me. It's like 70 or 80 and sunny every single day. I mean, the the variation of the weather is like, oh, it'll be cloudy for half an hour in the morning. Or it'll be high 80s or something like that is it pleasant it is it's very pleasant here um, i'm actually going to go try to surf in a few weeks no way yeah I mean, it's just what you do right i guess you know that that the surfing you're talking about doesn't involve the internet right no it involves a big 10 foot nerf board and falling off of it a lot and screaming and running away from sharks it's, it's going to be wonderful oh that sounds awesome and how really, how this is really information dense tweaking geek? We, we, yeah, we're a lot more funny. We, we usually how are. dare you try to teach us stuff? Yeah, well, I mean, it's this is good. You know, I meant to when I went to the conference, I was like, oh, I'm going to blog every day, then I didn't, or oh, I'm going to podcast every day, and I didn't. So I haven't really talked about it with anybody. So th- this is a good way for me to like process. So uh, thank you, thank you, tweaking geek audience, for being my therapist. And before all our listeners, I will chastise you. It's absolutely your turn in our Scrabulous game. Oh, you were like the neediest Scrabulous player ever. Because, I just like, you know, a move every couple days. Well, I know. Well, it's like I'll move, and then like 15 minutes later, I'll have like 40 emails from you. It's your turn on Scrabulous. It's your turn on <laughs> Scrabulous. And, you know, and I have to say, you played a word that in Scrabulous that I have, I have heard before. On another Scrabulous game, and I, I think it was—it's totally just a manufactured word for, for uh, maybe just Scrabble. I don't know. It's Zaz, Z-A-S. Did you? Was that you that played that word? Yes, I—I I am not above test running my word through the Scrabulous dictionary test and playing it if it says it's okay. Oh no, I'm—that's fine. But I just because it's like slang for pizzas is what it is. But Zaz, I don't know. Megan, who I've given a shout out before, also played that word. I thought that seems awfully suspect, but I guess if it got played twice, it can't be wrong. Or you know, if it's on the internet, it can't be incorrect. It's wikiality, where enough people agree that it's true. Yes, that, that's true. That I was just having a conversation with someone today about Wikipedia, and they were saying that, oh, you know, is Wikipedia accurate or whatever? And my point was that if that's the source everybody uses and everybody believes what Wikipedia says, 
isn't that actually the truth? Even if it's not correct, it's right, you know, that sort of thing. All right. So for anyone who's surviving our Matrix philosophy session here. <laughs> well, I wasn't trying to be philosophical, but I just, you know, that that was just what I thought. I, it, that was a very hopeless thing to say, I guess. I'm a very hopeless person. <laughs> so, so, so uh, I, I guess that brings this episode to an end. I would say it does. Excellent. Uh, I, I would like Give to remind, shout outs. Um, here's to my man Bill Gates. Excellent. I'll okay. I'll give a shout out to Bill Gates. Good job. Uh, thanks for the entertaining 2003 email where you lambasted your own product. What uh, did I say? Lambasted, lambasted. Eh, whatever. Where you had naughty things to say about your own product. Ah. And I would have to say, I would have to complain about Bill Gates because all those emails that people send me that said, you know, Bill Gates has decided that everyone who sends this email to 50 people will get a share of his fortune. I have never yet gotten a share of his fortune. Oh, that's low. I know. I'm pissed. <laughs> so uh, I would like to remind all of our, or I was going to say all of our users, but what are our listeners, that we have three a, of you. all three of you to give us a voicemail call at 678-999-6321. That's the Tweaking Geek line. And we ha we have a, a listener voicemail, for, uh, actually a repeat listener voicemail, that we'll have to put on the next show because, as always, he's very entertaining and begging for attention. So How mysterious. It's very mysterious. So the next – so we'll – if if some of our listeners can actually give us some feedback, we'll have a, a listener feedback session next time. And where I will tell everyone how stupid they are and Pat will apologize at a time that I can't hear him, so <laughs> So good. Uh yeah, I think that I'm I have nothing left to say. I'm spent. <laughs> and I'll have, right. to, I'll have to say I'm spent because it's eleven thirty at night and the time difference between you and me is now becoming an issue <laughs> a fun issue though we <laughs> alright so for anyone who's still managing to be with us we'd like to thank you for listening as always you can catch this podcast as well as all others and our show notes at www.tweakandgeek.com and if you have any comments you can always reach us via email at tg at tweakandgeek.com and remember to call us at 678 999 6321, and we'll play your call on the air. Toll charges may apply. Yes. I always wanted to say that. Well, I don't know. Do the, do people have toll charges anymore? Hmm. Yeah. If you're not calling us on voice over IP or a cell phone or some other plan that has unlimited long distance, then we have no respect for you and don't apologize for the toll charges. I.e., if you're calling us from Japan or Alaska, then <laughs> toll charges will apply. So, thanks for listening.